Welcome to Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. I'm your lead investigator on this case, Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Every episode is an investigation where you and I explore true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. We discuss the cases, share information, no chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. Now, grab your crime scene kit, a notebook, and your favorite hat. This is Best True Crime Podcast. Before we begin, I need to include a content warning. This podcast contains graphic descriptions. I also need to remind you all persons charged in a crime are innocent until proven guilty by a court of law. Military leader and defendant of France, Joan of Arc, was burned at the stake in 1431. A practice called necklacing is still performed today in some countries where a tire is drenched in a flammable liquid and then placed around the suspect's body and set afire. This is literally burning the accused alive. Death by fire has a long history in the criminal justice system. This is a history of punishment by fire. Execution by fire is a part of world history. Execution by burning at the stake was practiced as far back as Babylonia and ancient Israel. Being burned alive was a method used in ancient Rome for capital punishment. It dated as far back as the 8th century BC. The executioner would have the defendant soaked in grease and then put a tar-smeared tunic around them to ensure that they would burn. During the 14th century Middle Ages, if you were found guilty of robbery, murder, or <laughs> arson, then you were hanged. Burning was a most common method of execution for those accused of witchcraft or heresy. Women were also burned for high treason, which included counterfeiting. Some accused would be burned alive, but most were spared the agony. The accused would be bound to a stake or tied to a stool either on top of or surrounded by a small bundle of sticks and twigs. The English word for these small pieces of trees is faggot. Even today, faggot is slang for a cigarette in some parts of England. It has become a terrible slang word for homosexuality because homosexuals or suspected homosexuals were once burned to death in the name of law and punishment. Let's take a quick look at what was considered heresy. Now, during this time in the Middle Ages, if you believed in any religion outside of the Catholic Church, you were committing heresy. If you dared to teach any religion outside of Catholicism, you were committing heresy. Speaking out against the church or questioning the religious beliefs could also get you burned to death as a means of execution. Let's go back in time. A church deacon was burned to death in Oxford for heresy in 1222. His crime? He had fallen in love with a Jewish woman. The deacon was burned for practicing Judaism so he could marry this Jewish woman. In England, Edward Whiteman was the last accused heretic to be burned in 1612. 
1708, an accused witch was set to the fire. It wasn't until 1790 that the British Parliament would abolish this method. In England, Edward Reitman was the last accused heretic to be burned in 1612. In 1708, an accused witch was set to the fire. It wasn't until 1790 that the British Parliament would abolish this method. When we think of being burned at the stake for supposed witchcraft, England does come to mind, but other countries practiced this form of execution. During the Spanish Inquisition, for example, 1478 to 1834, countless Jews were burned at the stake. Burning at the stake was a norm during the Spanish Inquisition, and festivals would often include such execution methods, just another part of the celebrations. In 1568, Spain condemned the Netherlands to death. Yep, the whole country, Spain condemned them to death. And at least 800 people from the Netherlands were burned or hanged in just one week. In 1782, Scotland, a female servant was burned for the crime of poisoning her principal. Being burned alive is one of the most unimaginable ways to die. The idea of being burned at the stake, possibly falsely accused, well, that just sends shivers down a spine. So the condemned were sometimes given a reprieve. A bag of gunpowder might be attached to the accused under their arms and between their legs so the heat would blow the accused up before the flames could actually reach their body. The person might be hung with a chain and die a very quick death instead of suffocating in the smoke. If the accused were still alive before the fire was lit, the executioner would just give them a couple of hard punches in the chest to ensure that they were dead before the flames began to lick their body. In the 1980s, during apartheid South Africa, suspected apartheid associates were publicly executed by necklacing. A tire was forced around a living person's body or neck and their hands and feet tied up. The tire, drenched in flammable liquid, was lit and the crowd watched the person burn to death. Winnie Mandela, then wife of the imprisoned Nelson Mandela, publicly supported this form of torture in a statement she made in 1986. In the last two decades, the practice of necklacing has been documented from Brazilian drug dealers to a posse of students on the Ivory Coast. It is now a form of street justice occurring in an angry mob or as a retribution. Okay, so why execution by flames? Fire was believed to be the purifying element. Think of the term baptized by fire. And it was usually reserved for women. Men were usually hung or disemboweled, considered most immodest. So women were set ablaze to preserve their modesty. Heretics and witches would be cleansed of the evil within them when the purifying fire set to their bodies. Sir William Blackstone said that women should be burned alive rather than draw and quartered or hung. In the 1700s, he wrote, For the decency due to the sex forbids exposing in public mangling their bodies. During the Spanish Inquisition, beings burned at the stake was favored for several reasons. First, 
being burned alive meant the victim's blood was not shed. The shedding of blood was prohibited by the Roman Catholic doctrine. Secondly, a body burned to unrecognition or destroyed could not be taken in the afterlife. If we destroy the physical body, then it won't go into the afterlife. True justice served. Where mob justice is concerned, it is a terrible form of justice where the crowd can enjoy the accused suffering. It takes a hot fire and time to reduce a body to ashes. The human body isn't especially flammable. We're basically a lot of fluids held together by skin. Heat initially causes the epidermis to peel away and after about four or five minutes, the dermis splits open, leaking the body's fat. So when a body is set afire, it usually doesn't burn all the way through, like some criminals think. Eventually, the body's fluids douse that fire. Muscles start to contract, which is why when we see charred bodies in what's called a boxer's pose, the elbows are drawn and the hands are folded into a fist. When body temperatures reach about 105 degrees Fahrenheit, enzymes start breaking down. Major organ failure begins and the body goes into shock. It takes about 1600 degrees Fahrenheit to cremate the human body burning for at least two hours. How hot is that? Well, consider a cigarette tip burns at around 1300 degrees Fahrenheit at its hottest. The most difficult part of the body to burn entirely, bones, usually the teeth. The belly button or navel usually doesn't burn because it's fatty tissues with a lower boiling point. So let's go back to being burned alive. If the condemned were still alive, the smoke is inhaled, shutting down the respiratory system. The lungs might fill up with fluid, also causing suffocation. As nerve endings burn away, the accused feels nothing. And the worst part of being severely burned, all burn victims will say, is the recovery process. The capital punishment of being burned alive has a history as far back as 800 BC. While England is well known for the practice, other countries use this form of putting an accused, usually female, to death. Fire was believed to cleanse the soul, and a human body does not immediately burn. Often the executioner would mercifully kill the person before lighting the fire. We now see burning alive as a barbaric means of punishment but some groups still practice with the tire doused in gasoline. And this is punishment by burning. Be safe out there. Hey everybody, I'm Judith A. Yates, true crime author, criminologist, and I support PFLAG. That's parents, families, and friends of LGBTQ, also known as PFLAG. The PFLAG chapter network provides confidential peer support, education, and advocacy to LGBTQ and people, their parents, and families, and allies. P 
he flagged chapters are in communities in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, and Puerto Rico. PFLAG has been saving lives, strengthening families, and changing laws since its founding in 1973. PFLAG is the first and largest organization dedicated to supporting, educating, and advocating for LGBTQ and their families. PFLAG works to create a caring, just, and affirming world for LGBTQ and those who love them. You can learn more about PFLAG at www.pflag.org. Thank you for joining me on this investigation, exploring true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. This is Best True Crime Podcast. No chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. I do hope you will subscribe. This podcast runs off donations only. You can drop us a donation, $35 or more, and I'll send you a signed book. Just go to www.besttruecrime.com. My name is Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Thank you for joining me on Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. Be safe out there.